everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. I feel like we bulldozed through a lot of time getting to where we are now and that was fine and that's how we that was our story and that's how we got there and is a regret sure is there gratitude yes that too can I be proud of it and ashamed of it all at the same time yes all of those things but you're like okay now you come to this realization right you don't have to bulldoze the rest Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we're two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it's as messy as you think. We know that starting a business isn't easy. I mean, we've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we love helping small businesses succeed, whether that is through our venue consulting, speaking, team training. We love to motivate others to take those big leaps. Or you could just use our misadventures to normalize the crazy that is being an entrepreneur because every entrepreneur makes mistakes. So we like to call those unsuccessful attempts around here. And we know it's just part of the process. And today we're talking just the two of us about last week's episode with Jen Taylor. Jen just launched her new business, Jen Taylor Consulting, a firm that works with creative businesses of all sizes to implement a more streamlined workflow to find more time and space for business growth and personal development. All right, Dana, let's get started. That was a fun episode. That was a fun episode. Well, I think it's fun because we know her. We did. And it was so funny as we met her for the first time at uh, Cater Source special event. And um, we're talking, talking, talking. And we're like, oh, you should be on our podcast. She's like, I am going to be on your podcast. I've already signed up for a time. We're like, oh, (laughs) we look forward to talking to you. (laughs) That's how much uh, we have control over our schedule (laughs) and the people that are on our podcast. We don't know. Yeah. But so stoked because, I mean, I I think uh, the first time we had drinks like randomly – yeah, I think we like had like three events with her. Like we did drinks, then we yeah. all went out to dinner at some point, and then the three of us went out like the yeah. last night. She's just the, fun to talk to. Yeah, but the first time like I met, we were just we had just met up at the bar. Mm-hmm. She was just there, and I sat and was chatting with her, and she told me your story, and I was like, "Holy crap!" You have like such an interesting story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought there were some really great things, and I I think and I mentioned this in the podcast that I loved how she said when her there was two parts to it, like when kind of like it was all kind of falling apart and one plan or the other was having like a one was burnt out one just didn't want to do anymore one felt like she deserved more like we've had that we've had a burnout we've had someone come to us say I deserve more and you're like no you don't (laughs) and then we've had like the pregnancy I want to be a stay-at-home mom totally fine yeah and uh, I this is happening one after the other she said I am screwed not the company like I am screwed and I have felt that so deeply because what's it going to do is going to fall back on me it's true. To do all the work for it. And I think this is the first time I can see a future where it's not going to be I. It's going to be the company because what's going to happen is I'm going to give that person their money back and I'm not going to do their wedding. Right. As opposed to before, be like, oh, no, I'll just do it, you know. Yeah. And it's like, how do you safeguard yourself from the I? Uh, you become wealthy enough in your business. I don't know if that's the truth. I think it's I think it's creating a better like barrier. If that's truly what you want to do, if you're trying to really really step out of it, it's creating a really solid barrier. Yeah, that. But I think that takes money. Like when you think when I think about okay, how does it not become the I? For example, like if I 
get food poisoning from some prepared food that I got at Walmart, the Waltons are not contacting me to fix that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's all of these channels that you have to go through Mm -hmm. to fix it, right? Like there's the store supervisor and then maybe the district manager and then maybe the sales manager at large for the United States territory. I think there's actually Walmarts in other countries now. You know, all those things. Like there's all of these levels. Mm -hmm. But Walmart, the the Waltons, are like in like the top 10 billionaires. There's multiples of them, by the way. So it takes a lot of money and infrastructure to get to the point, I feel like, where you have those barriers between. So it's about like, I think, one, marketing your brand, adding the value, charging appropriately to be able to put those things in place. Because I think one of the things that's hard, especially with planning and small businesses in general is, and service businesses, is people are the most expensive thing for a business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a structure. It's not a material or supply or anything like that. It's literally people. And to be able to do a service-based job you got to have the people, right? Right. But I mean, I think it's a mindset shift, honestly. I mean, I I agree that, yeah, it takes money. Managers take money. I don't disagree with that at all. But I also think that there's a way to look at it because you're basically saying you're just fucked until you're rich. And I think, don't think that's true. You don't have to be rich. Your company does. Well, whatever. Your company can have a lot of money. You could be poor. Sure. But that's, I don't think that's true. I think you look at it very much from a perspective of, and it's kind of like what we moved towards when we did the collective is that every single person contracts like with us. And so to me, if they decide not to do it, like the, so this, the client signs a contract with the planner, the planner signs a contract with us essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, the contract's broken because that planner, because they're, but that's basically- actually not true. You just gave false information. The con- the con- the client signs a contract with, C and D. Yeah, but their and name, C but, and D but their planner name is on the bottom of with, that contract. With the, with the planner. I know, but their planner name's on the bottom of that contract because sure. they're the ones that send it. So they sign, they're basically saying like, hey, I'm I'm agreeing, like we're all working together at this, on this event, yeah. essentially, right? It's this person with this company, but it's this person because they're the ones that signed it. And I think for so long, we were so afraid that when things like, when things happened, and we looked at it and like either I can, maybe I could rebalance it and won't be a big deal and it's fine. And that's that's totally fine. I don't mind doing that. But like if it's such an imposition that it's going to ruin the rest of my year, the rest of like the way everything else, all my goals for that year for me to have to take on 15 weddings, like I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I think that there is a mindset shift that before we were like, well, if we say, oh, we can't do it because this planner left. Like we're going to get flooded with terrible reviews and we're going to, mm-hmm. it's going to be awful. And the the, ven- the venues are going to be upset and all our vendors are going to be upset. And that's not the truth. Like, yeah. it's just not the truth. If you do it with honesty and integrity, then I think it's fine. Well, it, and so to me, that's not like I'm screwed. That could be my company is screwed because I don't have the same profit margins, sure. but it's not me at the end of the day. That's like sacrificing everything. And I think about it even in terms of the Bradford, like, we have so many SOPs in place that if Hannah decided tomorrow, like I quit, like, yeah, it'd be like, it would be a heavy load on us for a couple of weeks, but we'd hire somebody else and they'd fit right in and it would be fine. Right. You know what no, I mean? No, I, and that, to me, that would be one of the things getting back to the, okay, so you're not an independently wealthy company that there are SOPs and there's things in place. Like if, uh, if something falls out, mm-hmm. there's enough infrastructure in place to be able to plug somebody back mm-hmm. in. And I think that 
where Jen was coming from, I think it was definitely a, a position of like, and she said there was red flags and there's something she definitely would do differently and rearrange or whatever. But I think there's also a point when you've reached where you're like, this isn't worth saving. This isn't worth trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to do it. And I, and I think that when you're looking at something like a service-based industry or a service-based business, it is really hard because a lot of times you're selling yourself. And so at the end of the day, like if you're not selling yourself and you're just selling this group of people, like it's hard to maintain. It's hard to want to keep doing it, I think. Yeah, because I think it's, mentally and physically exhausting Mm -hmm. to do that long term. I really do think that. So what would be some of the signs of burnout in others? Like she says, she kind of missed some of the signs. I think attitude in general, like kind of like the Mm -hmm. like being annoyed all the time. Like they're annoyed. I think you can start listening to how they talk about their clients is really, really a big one. It's a big one. Like I know. Like when they do not like every client. Every single client is a pain. Every single client's annoying. This is so frustrating why they keep bothering me. And like, and it's the things that they loved before that they hate now. Yeah. That I think are huge signs of burnout. Like I think we're dealing with burnout with a couple like one of our planners now. And I feel like she can never say a positive thing about a single person she works with. I, really, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's a good sign. So I think that's one of them. Yeah. Like so just I think just not having the same enthusiasm mm-hmm. for the job. I also think that entitlement is a sign of burnout. Like when you start becoming like way too choosy. Mm, well, I think there's that, but yeah. no, I think when you, like she was talking about that one planner that came in and said, I want to raise and this, 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 that entitlement of like, I want more money. I want more time off and you need to bend to my will. Like to me, that's a sign of burnout because yeah. they've lost the reason why they're doing that job. And they're trying to make it make sense. Right. Right. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that there aren't time for raises and whatnot. And no. Case, strong cases not, made for totally. sure. But. Right, right, right. No, I mean, we give raises all the time and, you know, we've had a couple of our people approach us and say like, hey, I, I do all this work. I feel like I need a raise. And, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yeah, actually you do. And that mm-hmm. makes total sense. And you're right. And let's, you know, work. This is what we can do or whatever. But like, I think there's, and there's a lot of times for me, I struggle with the entitlement piece of it because there are people that have asked for more money. And I'm like, you haven't proved yourself at all. And she kind of made a point where she was like, oh, I told her she could sell. Like, show me you can do this. And sure enough, sure enough, I'll give you a raise. I mean, I'm missing an asset that you have that I right. didn't know. But my hunch is that I'm right on, that mm-hmm. you're not. You're only bringing so much to the table. And she was correct. And it just sounds like that person didn't love what she did anymore. Yeah. And she was like, I need X amount of money in order to do this. What would be your signs of burnout when you have felt burnt out? Me personally? Yeah. I, for me personally, like I just get super tired. Like everything exhausts me. Like you are right now. Like I am right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> Do I get less filtered when I'm tired? You just, you're more like a like a grumpy old person. <laughs> like you're just so grumpy about everything. Like my zest for life is gone. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's tired. I, I don't get tired. I get hyper-focused, I think. Um, like controlling. Very controlling. Mm-hmm. I need something to like, you know, be right. And like to so the other, like I, I feel like, I think my burnout and overwhelm is very similar. Mm-hmm. So I feel like right now I'm not in a season of burnout, but I'm in a little bit of a season of overwhelm and it's like gearing up to it. And um, the other day, I don't remember, I cook dinner and I got home and like, it's just, the kids just leave everything everywhere. And it just, it normally doesn't bother me. Like I just let it go till the weekend. But like, for some reason this 
Tuesday just annoyed the crap out of me. And I'm like, walk around picking up freaking socks, socks. There's so many fucking socks everywhere. One sock here. I feel here, like we have discussed sock socks there. at least 10 times. It is like literally my pet peeve. I yeah. tell my family this. I'm like, <laughs> socks annoy me. Just pick up your goddamn socks. And mm-hmm. then I go into the family room and there's like the lunch meat turkey container. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's empty, but it's just sitting on like the kit on the desk. I'm like, and I was, I uh, yelled like, who ate all the turkey? Sam's like, I ate it. I was like, why the hell is it sitting on the desk? Like, why isn't it in the garbage? It's just like that, like everywhere. Yeah. It was everywhere. And then he was really tired. So like he like, we walked the dogs and he laid on the couch and he went to sleep. And like I had cooked dinner and like I had done dishes the last two nights and the night before the dishes weren't done. So I had done them the, when I got home from work. And like, I feel like I've been doing dishes and picking up all goddamn day. And so I was like, hey, can you do the dishes? And he's like, I'll do them tomorrow morning. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, go to bed. I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry you're tired, but if you're so tired that you can't get your ass up and do the dishes, then go to bed. Did he go to bed? He went to bed. <laughs> did you do the dishes? I did the dishes. <laughs> okay. And I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed. So the next morning he was like, are you okay? <laughs> am I? I was like, I am okay. And I understand I overreacted last night, but I was like, I'm just overwhelmed. Like there's so much going on at work and- Mm-hmm. Like there's all this and I just, I need some cleanliness. I need mm-hmm. to come home with like some <laughs> amount of cleanliness. Yeah. Like, so I don't, I, so I can relax. So I can sit down and relax and play a game with Henry or whatever. And I was like, I'm sorry. Y'all He's like, no, it's fine. He's like, I'm really sorry. I bailed on you. I'm like, it's fine. I mean, you're allowed to be tired. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> But you must do that in the bedroom. <laughs> Oh, so I cannot see you. I know. That's, that's what it was. It's like I and resent you laying on the couch exactly. while I'm doing shit around the house. Right. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's fair. He's a human. He's allowed to have a tired, bad week or whatever. But like, I just don't like it to co- like coincide with mine. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I do get hyper controlling. Yeah. I need to control something in my life. <laughs> Does this where it, she also talked about how she was just bulldozing through her life? Is this yes. where you're just bulldozing through 100%. your life collecting socks? Yes. <laughs> it's so much bulldozing. And it, it, it's like, uh, I feel like it's all I do is I just, just power through so many things. And I, and I don't, and there's something. That's like your MO. I know. And there's some things that bother me that I power through that I would love to like pause and mm-hmm. like be able to not feel like I have to go, go, go or whatever. And I just don't have like the time or the ability or whatever yeah. to do it. But I mean, I don't know. Do you, bull- I don't think you bulldoze your way through life. I think you bulldoze your way through some things. Yeah. I mean, I think I do bulldoze my way through, I mean, some things for sure. Probably if I'm not like super interested, if I just have to get it like off the plate mm-hmm. for sure, like I'll just bulldoze my way through it. Filing, for example, at the office, I'll my I'll get my but desk. That's, that's task oriented. I'm talking about your life, like bulldozing through your life. Like I feel like I bulldoze through like milestones, through like, okay, I'm sorry, you're upset right now. Get over it, move on. We have stuff to do. Like, oh well, I do. Do, do you that. know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. I mean, I do that with my kids, probably, probably the most. My kids probably feel that the most. Where I'm like, I we don't have time for that. Like, I'm sorry that this is happening, but we have to move forward. Right. Like, we can't live in this spot. Right. I can definitely look back over my life where I've bulldozed through things. I was, we talked before about like the lack of celebration or like acknowledging peak times. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've bulldozed through a lot of those just in our business. And I don't accept that any longer. Like I think they're, even though sometimes 
circumstances don't allow you to celebrate greatly, I think that peaks should be acknowledged mm-hmm. in general. Because yeah. cause it is, because it feel, oftentimes feels like in small business that you are just working on one project to get to the next, to get to the next, to get to the next. But and don't there you is feel no like end of the project. But sometimes I think what I have a hard time celebrating is I can recognize like, you know, we've hit some pretty great milestones in the past like few weeks. And and at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. And at the same time, I'm like, holy fuck, that's a lot of work that's coming down my, that's coming down the pipeline, you know? Yeah, I've, I mean, I, that's been one of the things that I've recognized more this year is just because we can or just because we can convince or just because we can sell doesn't mean that we should. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I came to that realization (laughs) many years ago. But like, wow, even though it's something that might look like a great opportunity, it might not be the right opportunity at the right time for us. Mm -hmm. But that's hard to discern. But it is. But there is a lot of fear in the beginning of our business that if we didn't take this opportunity, like especially with like event planning or whatnot, that there wasn't going to be something else, like a winter is coming kind of mindset. And And now I just don't believe that. I know. But like, but when it comes to event planning, we are very discerning. So we we don't we don't feel that same pressure, right? But we did. I'm saying. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. When it came to the Bradford, we are discerning. We don't feel that same pressure, and with hustle and gather, we are half discerning. Yeah. But we still we feel the pressure, and so I think it's like we can say like, oh, this is. I think yes, hindsight's twenty twenty. But then I also feel like there's no other. We don't know any other way to grow a business. I know. Than to just be all in, do all the things throw it all out there and see which one kind of sticks to the wall the most. And then you get to kind of pick cherry pick what you like. Yeah. And then that's how it goes. So it's like always these two to three years of just really hard, intense work. Also, I feel like too, we're like super fiscally responsible. So there's like, okay, I'm spending X number of dollars on building this brand and we're going to pay for it with X. Cause I mean, we have at this point, which we should celebrate made enough hustle and gather income to justify hustle and gather expenses. So it's not, it's not a red item on our. Right. But don't you, but I said said this to Sam the other day, because I was giving him just like the normal update. It was like, Hey, K1's got put in the bank and another one's coming July 1st. And I was saying how we had the conversation about, we're going to deposit on this date, no matter what's in the bank. I don't know the date, but sure. It's July 1st and then (laughs) it's October 1st and then it's December 1st. Wonderful. Wonderful news. Yeah. And um, set up even, a calendar appointment. <laughs> and even if all we can take out is a hundred dollar K one, we're taking out a hundred dollar K one. Okay, like this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like just whatever the bank account allows us to do, allows us to. Do. So we're talking about it. And I was like, you know, sometimes I think about like, man, if we just if we just like cruised, like what if you just like let everything go, and you just let this business run itself? Because at this point with the Bradford, there's definitely some things we have to do. Like I would be probably making the same amount of money probably more money and just, I don't know, being sitting by my pool on a Wednesday. What'd he say? He's like, well, he said, yeah, you could. He's like, but you'd be miserable. I was like, maybe, maybe would I be miserable? I think that's just a myth everyone has convinced me of. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm a lazy person. I've I've often thought that myself. Mm -hmm. Would I be miserable? I probably would have a really clean house. I would never have any laundry getting back to bulldozing and kind of controlling whatever it is in your environment that you can control, right? I feel like we bulldozed through a lot of time getting to where we are now. And 
that was fine. And that's how we, that was our story. And that's how we got there. And is a regret? Sure. Is there gratitude? Yes. That too. Can I be proud of it and ashamed of it all at the same time? Yes. All of those things. But you're like, okay, now you come to this realization, right? And especially like as it pertains to kids, like we're into the, the last, you know, six, last eight stage, years you know. of kids, which is like really half for mm-hmm. most of our children. And you don't have to bulldoze the rest, right? Mm-hmm. Like being conscientious of like how, and, and, I, and I think that probably every parent feels this way on some level, you know, but I think knowing that information, knowing how you feel about it, knowing what's important to you and, and realizing that you've created a business where you have options. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who don't have options, mm-hmm. right? That you can take those steps back or you can take those steps forward, mm-hmm. whatever it is, but with the goal of like, I'm not going to bulldoze these three areas of my life. Right. But there's going to be some stuff that just gets pushed along. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's going to be the business and sometimes well, yeah. it's going to be family. I, I think I think the question for me, though, is that what I agree with you. I don't want to bulldoze it. And I think that I get I guess that like I think we learned from our past and there are certain parts of Hustle and Gather. I think we're like just taking them to take mm-hmm. them. But there's a lot of things we are being discerning about. Like, okay, that doesn't make sense, you yeah. know, that we don't have the time. And we've we've closed, you know, our Fix My Venue for the next year. Like, mm-hmm. we're not taking on another client. So we're already fixing the venues. Right. <laughs> yeah, so we've, cl- we've closed that, you yeah. know. Even if a great one comes along, it's just we know we can't do it. We can't we can't serve our current clients well and be able to do that. Right, like we just give them a, a start date in the future if we sure. thought it was a good thing. Right, right. And if, if they felt like it was a good match, they'd wait for us. Right, 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 totally. So we're not th- at that same place necessarily. I, I love that side of our business. I do find a lot of like energy with it because again, mm-hmm. it's like connecting with people. I love training. I love, you know, I love seeing people be successful. Yeah. But I, I do question like, is that where I want all my energy right now? Because mm-hmm. like you said, if you're saying yes to one thing, are you saying no to something else? Sure. You know, and obviously we're locked in for a year, but the, I think there's a lot of questions for me like of, oh, is this the path? Is this the path? Because we talked for so long about creating like a foundation, mm-hmm. and I think about it like does it doesn't even have to be related to like what I what I believe in necessarily. Like it doesn't right. have to be like a foundation for you know gun violence, or whatever. But it could be a foundation about helping small businesses be successful, which could change you know mm-hmm. the path of their children's lives, which changes the cycle. Like I I believe on a on a very like microcosmic level that small little changes that you can put in other people's life will change the world for good. Yeah. I'm reading this book right now. It's called the midnight. I've been reading it for forever. It's almost done the midnight library. And it's kind of based on like that premise. I, reading it yeah, I know it's like March. It has been March. I have like 10 pages <laughs> left. It's just in my pool bag. So whenever yeah. I go to the pool, I read it and then I get distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she basically dies. She, she doesn't like her life. She commits suicide. This happens at the beginning of the book. So I'm not ruining it for you. And this library pops up, right? And it's this old librarian that she was connected to as a child for various and sundry reasons that will come up in the book. But it's basically, they start with this big book of regrets. Like, and she Mm -hmm. goes through her life and all of the regrets, all the decisions, places that she was at a crossroads. And if you would have done this, what would have happened? Mm -hmm. And she can go and try that life, Mm -hmm. right? In case she can live that life. And it's really interesting just to think about like if you had made like one small decision mm-hmm. or if your parents had made one different decision or if, you know, you picked a different college to go to or if you whatever it is, like how different your life path mm-hmm. would be. 
And I think that life is like that. Mm -hmm. Like it is all about, and I think getting back to the podcast, like being very intentional with like, okay, if I make this decision, I'm saying yes to this, I'm saying Mm -hmm. no to that. And you can't 100% see where that's going to lead you, but Mm -hmm. you can certainly think like two or three steps ahead. Mm -hmm. Is that where I want to be? Does that get me too far off of my base? Right. Don't you feel like Jen like embodies that though? I mean, think about the chaos of her life that she had for a year and a half. Yeah. And then like, you know, I think, I think she is a very intentional person talking about like, I took five weeks and I went to Maui and I told my basically, I'm not gonna plan this for a year. Like I know I'm going to need time. Whereas I feel like for me, I would never been able to be that introspective and that intentional. Yeah. I think what she said, she's a little woo. She listens to the universe. And I think that she probably has a good handle on like who she is and what she needs and prioritizes it. Right. And I think sometimes, sometimes for you personally, I don't sometimes think you have a handle on what you need, but even if you did, you don't prioritize it. No, no. And I, and I think that like, and I, I mean, I love the idea and I, I, I do, I do think that often, like if I had just changed one piece of my yeah. life or if I'd made this different decision, like all the different things, like how different it would be. And I don't, there isn't a lot of regrets that I have. I don't have a ton of yeah. real regrets because I can see, especially now, like maybe right after it happened, I would have a regret, but like, especially now seeing the path that it took me down, I can, I can appreciate it. I can give my old self grace for it, all that. I think this is definitely a point where we will look back on and determine, did we have regrets or did we, or did we not have regrets? Mm -hmm. And it's just trying to make the best decision. So I don't know, not so that I think no matter what choice you make, you'll always have regrets because you'll never know the outcome of the others, like the other road, you know what I mean? Right. So you'll always be curious. Yeah. Even if you can appreciate where you are, you'll always look back and say like, what if, what if, but. And I think it gets harder. Like it's actually gotten more difficult to be discerning because there are so many options, like Mm -hmm. in the best sort of way. Do you know what I'm saying? There's so many options because there's so many people it impacts in a different way. Right. And I, you know, I was talking to somebody and they were saying how, I remember it was a mom of toddlers and we were talking about going to the park or something. And I was like, oh, I just remember I just wanted to be a park bench mom. Like, I just wanted to be at the Mm -hmm. point where you weren't like keeping them alive. Right. And I, and I feel that with business, like there's a part of me, like, I just want to be a park bench business owner (laughs) where I'm not trying to catch all the things that are falling. Mm -hmm. You know, you trust them enough and sure they're going to fall every now and again, but you're going to scrape them off. You're going to stick them back up there and you're going to sit back on your bench bench. and watch them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't know. I think that there's so like for life, I feel like I want to be in that park bench, but I'm still very much not because you're still shaping and molding your kids. There's you're still working on, you know, your relationship, whether that's friendships, whether that's your marriage. You're still mm-hmm. you're still actively like involved in all the aspects of your life. There isn't really much that's on like cruise control. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. So, so I I my point is is that I feel like the decisions you make like all those things are affected. Yeah. Whereas I felt like when the kids were younger and they were babies, they weren't really quite as affected. Yeah. And I felt like you had you had less option. Like there is definitely times in our business where the next step wasn't an optional step. It wasn't like I could do A or I can do right. B. You're like, you're going to do A and then you're going to do B and then you're going to C and you're going to go back to B and you're going to skip ahead to D. Like mm-hmm. it was like it was laid out for you because mm-hmm. it was just one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And now when you're like, okay, I actually have options, I think it gets more difficult because you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can see how this is going to affect my family or my free time or my mental health or whatever. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. You know? 
Whereas before it was like, you just had to. Right. Those weren't considerations. All right, before we get ending, what is your fuck up of the week? I think I already said it, probably yelling at my husband. (laughs) For going to sleep when you wanted him to do dishes. What's your fuck up of the week? Your grumpy attitude. I guess my grumpy attitude, general, general lack of. I think you've had a pretty good work week, though. I've had a good, I know, I've had a very productive work yeah. week. I felt like I've gotten a lot done. I've been on it. I've been really tired. Like, I've been sleeping a lot. But I've just been going to sleep. I think that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I'm tired at 8.30. I'm just going to go to bed. I'm like mm-hmm. Sam. Someone else do the dishes. <laughs> going to bed <laughs> every night. Or the dishes get done. Well, our kids do the dishes every night. So it's either wow. Mason, Nora, or Liam's job to do mm-hmm. the dishes. Like, it is not negotiable. They don't make the dinners. Yeah, occasionally Mason will make the dinner and then we won't make him do the dishes. But like I'll, I'll sometimes break it up when I'm doing dishes, like I'm making dinner. I'm like, hey, I need someone to do pre-dinner dishes. And if they don't get it done, you have pre and post-dinner dishes. Mm-hmm. So they're very motivated to like unload, put the mm-hmm. few dishes in there and then the other yeah. person comes in and does post-dinner dishes. I think it's totally the kid's job to do dishes. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah, sure. Throw in the dishwasher. Someone wipes off the counter. It's like, I shouldn't have to think about this. This mm-hmm. is the least you can do for like yeah. what I do for you. But no, I thought it was a really great episode. I did too. I, I think it's really inspiring. I think it really, I think for anyone listening who's either considering letting something go and starting something new or whatever, I think it's, I think it should hopefully inspire you to realize just to let, let it go. Yeah. Let it go if it's not serving you, if it's not, I don't know, maybe all the signs are there. Listen to the universe. Listen to the universe some. Yeah. You know. <laughs> some. Some. <laughs> not fully. Thanks, everyone, for gathering us today to talk about The Hustle. For our episode with Jen, we are drinking a raspberry vodka lemonade. We hope you'll get the chance to make it this week. And cheers to listening to the universe. To learn more and connect with Jen, you can visit her business on Instagram at Jen Taylor Consulting or visit her website, jentaylorconsulting.com. To learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CND Events, at the Bradford NC, and at Hustle and Gather. If you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website, hustleandgather.com. Also, if you love us and love this show, we would be more than honored if you left a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle and Gather.